and welcome to the 10th episode of the NL Feast podcast, your favorite podcast about your favorite division in baseball. My name is Sam Clark, and with me as always, the paper to my printer, Brandon Gross. Hey, that's a good one. That's a simple one. You're the towel to my basket. Oh, you stole next week's one. That was going to be next week's <laughs> you one. You really planned that out? No, please. I look around the room and I say, what That's are two what things that go together? <laughs> I, ha- I haven't used light bulb and lamp yet. I haven't used, I don't know. I'm in my dad's office today because I'm recording in Gainesville. So it's a little bit different of an environment than we're normally in. Because, Brandon, we're still on vacation. Oh, kinda. it's vacation time, baby. It's <laughs> You're the office to my dad. <laughs> I, uh, You know how I had vacation brain last week? I think uh, Brandon's just got I've slept for four hours all week brain right now. Yeah, pretty much. It's funny because I'm like your voice changes and I feel like now I sound like a smoker from Needles, California. <laughs> you uh, yeah, you you've been working hard, Brandon. We got to we got to let our audience give you a round of applause for frankly just showing up at all after what what you've been through for the last couple of weeks i've been on vacation and you've been somewhere else working harder than you normally do. that's right so. <laughs> you were returning surfboards while i was out here busting ass <laughs> in the 110 degree weather to make a busting TV ass show. And taking names <laughs> hey listen you were busting ass you were taking names we appreciate that i'm in gainesville now uh my family moved from south florida to gainesville i guess a while ago now mm-hmm. seven years um, so I've been exploring Gainesville, but I've been in a, I've been kind of stuck cause I lost my Florida driver's license last year and prospect park when I was, uh, cause I, I don't know how many people, I guess only people that listen to this right now are friends, family and Billy, the Marxist. So Billy, we'll hear from him later in the episode, but I, um, I live in Brooklyn, New York and I lost my, uh, my driver's license in the park last year on my birthday. And so I've been using my passport for identification purposes, but I went to renew my Florida driver's license just so I would have something to, to prove who I was when I was in New York city. And I, uh, I went to renew it online and they said that I had had an infraction, Brandon, Mm. my license was suspended and I needed to go to a DMV in Florida to get it taken care of. Um, I'm in Florida now, but DMV is obviously appointment only because of COVID precautions. So I made an appointment for today at 2 PM. I've got to go in and I was, I was, Looking into it, because, again, something the audience doesn't know is I sold my car when I left Los Angeles to move to Brooklyn uh, to a coworker of yours. That is correct. She, we, Her. she was a very nice young woman. She, uh, we met her at her church. She was very religious, and we met her. Very religious. Her and, just, like, just like Brandon just and like, I, wildly like religious. Um, and we met with her and, I guess, some guy that she was friends with there, maybe some sexual tension between them hard to know if it was a romantic relationship or not there were two men actually i'm pretty sure there, there was, was the older guy that was like father brian who had like he was like <laughs> remember he was like 50 years old and he was like my grandchildren were like what <laughs> <laughs> my guy you yeah you look young how do you have grandkids already he was listen he got to it early he was um, he, but he was one of those religious people that was like overly friendly where it's like you're hiding something you know it's suspicious, yeah. It's like big, uh, big youth group guy playing acoustic guitar mm-hmm. in front of a bunch of fourteen-year-olds. Yeah, and then the other um, guy she had us meet with, uh, he had he, adult braces. God bless people that have adult braces, you know. <laughs> but um, he had adult braces, and we were basically like trying to argue with them about the title. I remember. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, she was she was a very timid, nice woman, and she was trying to like find the polite way to to ask for ask to pay less for the car. 
uh, but she did it with like such little confidence that it, I almost felt bad and just gave her a discount because of, of how uh, sympathetic I was to her situation. But um, but Brandon, the reason why I have to go to the DMV is because I sold the car in California. It's registered in Florida. The DMV never found out that my registration moved and I no longer own the car. And the insurance company contacted the Florida DMV and said, well, he's no longer insured. So they thought that I was driving around a registered car without insurance, suspended my license. Now I have to spend $150 to get my license unsuspended. Um, but to do that, this is the funny part. So to do that, I have to, I have a, I went and got notarized this morning, a form that says I, uh, I no longer live in the state and I don't have a car registered to me. <coughs> so I need to do that to get my license unsuspended and then ask them to give me back a replacement Florida ID. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> but they're not going to do that though, right? Cause you don't live in the state anymore. It's a shot in the dark, my guy. I really have absolutely no idea. They're either going to uh, be cool and understand my situation where I'm just rocking around with walking around with a passport right now and don't really have the ability to identify myself other than losing my one form of identification, which wouldn't be great, um, or at the risk of losing my one form of identification. Um, or they're, yeah, they're going to be a stickler and be like, you just gave me a notarized form that says you live in Brooklyn, New York. I'm not going to give you a, a replacement Florida driver's license, idiot. So we'll see. Who knows? Maybe I just changed the address on my Florida license and we get it all figured out. But um, anyways, long story short, I guess I guess long story long, I have been unable to drive in Florida and I've just been stranded at my parents' <laughs> house for the last five days. What do so, you what, what uh, do you think uh, her infraction was, by the way? Do you know? Was it just like a parking ticket? I don't think she had an infraction. I think what happened was what had happened was <laughs> was that. Uh, just a nice callback to Mad TV. I yeah, think. I think that so. Was? Yeah. Um, uh, I think what had happened was is that I the the, the insurance company just kind of screwed me over and and told them I was driving an uninsured car and so that was that's the, the, infraction. the infraction I understand okay yeah, yeah. you're like so, Joanna killed someone <laughs> <laughs> yeah it says that she yeah, she ran over uh ran over a pedestrian at the crosswalk <laughs> in the Burbank shopping plaza. Um, Brandon, I, I, I know you're exhausted right now, and we I've been able to watch a lot of baseball, even though the NL East had a, a bunch of rain delays. There wasn't a ton of baseball this week in our division, but I know you're still, you, you've still been working way too hard to watch a lot of baseball, so please forgive us of any uh, statistical crimes that we commit. I mean, frankly, we're uneducated when we watch baseball, so this is <laughs> a shot in the dark already. We're like, pitch fast, hard-hit <laughs> ball. I was texting you yesterday because Degrom like blew my my socks off. He threw a hundred miles an hour, like a hundred or faster, nine times in a I row. I saw that. The Diamondbacks to open the game up. Yeah, I think he was perfect through four, right, and then he gave up a hit in the fifth. It, it feels yeah. like inevitable that one day DeGrom, we always talk about this that Degrom's going to throw a no hitter, though. I mean, like especially with how everything's oh, going this sure. year with like everyone throwing Spencer a no Turnball or whatever through one. Yeah, I think Degrom can manage it. Yeah, it's weird though because it's always like these secondary guys. I, I know we've talked about that. But um, one day, Jake, Jake will will uh, will throw a no no, I believe. I'm confident. I'm confident. Are you excited to get back to to California? To California? Are you excited to get back home though? Get back to Los Angeles? You know what? I've I've uh, grown accustomed to these people. <laughs> <laughs> the, you are them. Now. I am them. It's funny. Like uh, I may have mentioned this last week, but it's like I am now like 
not bringing masks inside places because I'm like, <laughs> that's just normal now. I, like you got to fit in. You got to fit I, in. You got to blend in. You know, I, I've started chewing toba- tobacco dip in, <laughs> inside places. I'm starting smoking cigarettes inside. It's, you know, wow. I'm really adapted. Brandon, you've really taken a sharp turn because I don't think I've ever seen you look at tobacco once in your entire life, let alone start <laughs> smoking or chewing Hey, it, stop so. the steal, baby. <laughs> Brandon, we got a hell of an episode this week, as we always do. The Nationals, they're in full panic mode. We got another recap from our uh, from our good boy, Drew Bryant. Joe Girardi was refusing to give injury updates to the media any longer. We have a de- uh, uh, an unconventional DeGrom of the week, 60-second stories, feast or famine, upcoming series. But Brandon, before we get into any of that, I have a confession to make. I f***ing hate this Mets team. <laughs> I hate their UF colors. <laughs> I hate that I don't know anybody on the team and they're still winning games. I hate how all of their fans on my Twitter feed are all caps celebrating like they've been this confident this entire time. Um, This is going to be a little bit of a contentious segment, but Brandon, I f***ing hate this Mets team. I like how you went after the colors. Like, they haven't changed, my dude. (laughs) It's been the same for a long time. (laughs) That's fair, yeah. And they're just, they're they're, they're, uh, spotting, they're sporting the colors of our direct rivals from our college team that we supported for however long. Oh, you know what's funny? Um, I... I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> I, I was a Mets fan first, and I was like, when people are like, I hate Gators colors, and I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, I, uh, yeah. I like it. I like the blue like... and orange color scheme. Sue me, all right? Garnet isn't wow, a real Brand- color. I'm going against our own. <laughs> Brandon, you're stabbing the back of the of your college alum where we both went we're on an improv college or a college improv team the most embarrassing thing that you can admit on a podcast (laughs) um but you took three of four from the rockies this week congratulations you beat one of the four worst teams in baseball i wonder how how hard it was to do that you didn't watch any of this i can't this feels weird shit talking when you didn't watch any i know it happened like i would always check the scores i saw a few big plays <laughs> the hands yeah. ambiguous now it's like there were hits there were pitches <laughs> you know um, somebody somebody threw the ball a few times I saw. no i did watch it but uh i did watch a little bit i i think i was worried because i was more in tune last week when when your fish took two or three from the mets i was like okay this is it yes. like now they're starting to fall because it's like they can't because they happen. lost jonah shway fargus who's like there's six six <laughs> strings in our fielder and it's like, okay, once like those guys start going down, I'm like, there's no way they can stay afloat, you know? But they did it, man. They, did they it. somehow stayed afloat. Okay. Uh, I know, I guess you probably already saw the rundown. So, you know, some of the, the cherry picked stats that I, that I came up with to, to, uh, disprove the success of this Mets team. Uh, but you guys scored 10 total runs over four games and still took three of four from the, the Rockies. That's almost impossible to score 10 <laughs> runs over four games, averaging two and a half runs per game and winning three of the four games. If this had been anybody else, this would have like any other team. There's not a chance that you find any success. But because it's the Rockies, um, you did. You managed to you managed to, to take the series and continue to hold the first place um in the standings you're continuing yeah i mean the, the, the mets the last week they've like expanded i think they have they're tied with like the biggest lead of any division of three and a half games right now <laughs> i can't crazy i can't believe that and the nationals we'll get into it in a little bit but the nationals have, have cemented themselves at the bottom tier they've put cement shoes on and jumped to the bottom of the hudson they're done for the end of the season <laughs> it seems like now watch this whenever you and i what? say anything then the immediate opposite happens the following week so the nats are about to go on wouldn't they wouldn't they drown in the potomac not the Hudson. 
Oh yeah, I guess I just picked a traditional like gangster mm-hmm. uh, river body you'll of water de- that people will drown in the Hudson. Yeah, I think I saw Hudson speaking of the <laughs> I, I think speaking of the uh, the Mets' terrible uh, um, uh, run scoring abilities right now. I think they are them along with the Yankees, Baltimore, and Detroit. I think average three point. Uh, around like 3.5, 3.7 runs per game. The, like at the bottom of the barrel, the Yankees and Mets are there. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? So it's it's all of New York and then two very, very bad teams. Yes, and I think maybe, maybe like Arizona's in there too. But yeah. Though Detroit just swept the Yankees. I know I we know. always get off a little bit of out of the division, but the Detroit just swept the Yankees, including uh, an extra innings home run. So you love to see that. I know, yeah. Honestly, like the uh, some of these – like that, like you, you thought that like after the first month, like okay, these teams will break out. There's like certain teams that, like they'll turn around. Like Braves are one that we yes. constantly talk about. For that, sure, that will break for out. Sure, but it's like sure. some of these teams, like it seems like the Giants and Red Sox are good, and like teams like the mm-hmm. Yankees and Braves, like might be kind of shitty this year. Might just be very, very bad. Yeah, um, the Braves specifically after losing Soroka. I don't think we get into that this week. I, I know you told so, me yeah. that. Yeah, that that Soroka's out for that the last year. Week. Yeah. So Soroka's just just out for the season. It seems. I don't think they've officially ruled him out for the season, but all signs point to him just being done, done, done. But Brandon, then the Mets, after the series with the Rockies, went on to beat the Braves 13-1, to scored 13 runs. So they scored more runs in one game against the Braves than they did in an entire four-game series against the Rockies. Uh, I couldn't believe that, man, because, like, that, they're suppo- yeah. they were supposed to be a team like that. But now with, like, freaking, like, Billy McKinley hitting third, they're... <laughs> Yeah, Cameron Maben getting uh, over twenty plate appearances in the last. Oh, he got DFA'd, I think, last night. I saw yeah. that he got sent back down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was batting under a hundred. I think when I was going over the statistics, he's batting like with an eighty-six batting average. Dude, I'm so, so glad great. he's off the team, though. I I told you I was so mad when they were like batting him third. I was like, this fucking team. They had no choice. I know they seemingly had no choice. They had like seventeen dudes on the IL at one point. Yeah, and luckily Pete and and Pilar are back now. Did you see Pilar? By the way, he had to wear like a. He looked like he was in Slipknot. He had like yeah, a... dude. He... <laughs> he had he had like the LeBron playoff mask, yes. but way less cool. It didn't cover his eyes. It only covered his I nose. Know. It it was big dork energy, which is weird because like if anything, after the in, after he got hit in the face with the baseball, he's proved that he is like the machismo. He's got machismo, machismo. blood flowing out of his veins. Is that's a yeah? I said that right. I think right? so. Yeah, I immediately said that. I was like, uh, is that correct? I think the way you said um, it, though, it's spelled cheese, like C H E E S E. Yeah, Ma Pepper Jack Mismo, right? <laughs> All right. I'll, I can't, I, I'm going to stand by that bad joke. Uh, but you hit Ian Anderson. You hit four earned runs against Ian Anderson, mm-hmm. and then you just beat the hell out of their bullpen. Some dude named Jay Flaw. You heard about Jay Flaw on the Braves, Brandon? I don't know anything about Jay Flaw. Great last name, though. Yeah, me neither. And I don't think we're going to know much more about him because he gave up four earned runs in one inning and then got optioned down to AAA immediately afterwards. Uh. So. Uh, you you sent a guy down to AAA. I hope you feel good about that, Brandon. You and the and the, the barely alive Mets. I'm putting you in full full blame for that. J Flaw, two A's in his last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have sent him down to Double A. Am, am I right? right? J Flaw's in Double A. <laughs> <laughs> he, he walked into that one. Well, good news. You guys are going to come to a uh, your streak's going to come to an end because you're playing. Oh wait, the Diamondbacks. You're probably going to sweep <laughs> the Diamondbacks now and cement your uh, cement your footing at the the top. Uh, of the league, so. Feels good to be king, you know. That's all I'm oh, going to say. I wonder how long this will last, though, because, Brandon, I was I was digging into this, and I, and I was very curious as to how this Mets team was pulling this mm-hmm. off because, again, um, not a lot of indication that this should be happening when I when I dug into it. Okay, 
Nobody over with with over eighty plate appearances, <laughs> so eighty one or more plate appearances, is batting over two fifty. How are you doing? So no player that's getting consistent time. Anybody that's been healthy and has been stepping up to the plate and hitting and hitting uh, or getting the opportunity to hit is batting over two fifty. That's insane. I know we're in like a dead ball era again, and nobody's hitting the ball well. And like the average OPS is the lowest it's been in years for for Major League Baseball as a whole. But that's impressive. That I mean, obviously your starting pitching has stepped up. Taiwan Walker's injured, but he was playing well. Um, Stroman's obviously Stroman. Degrom is is got a, an award on our podcast named after him because of how good he is. Um, but it's impressive how how little offensively you're do uh, you're able to contribute and still managing to uh, to keep yourself in the top of the division. Yeah, I think a, I think a big part of that is honestly uh, the pitching. Even though uh, at one point the Mets also had only had like two starting pitchers when Degrom and Taiwan Walker were on the IL, but luckily they're both yeah, back and, and dealt this past week. You were pulling a Marlins. You had no starting pitching. Yeah, but I no healthy starting pitching. I think the starting pitching in bullpen has like uh, really skyrocketed the Mets because they just sent down a guy Sean Reed Foley who had like a. 0.54 ERA. They had to send him down because Seth Lugo. Oh my Seth God. Lugo came back. So it's like, oh, if true. the Mets can can just drum up a little more offense, and like I know, obviously, you know, uh, it was one game against Jay Flan, the Braves, but I mean, that was a good indicator. Like James McCann <laughs> had had a good game in that uh, and hit a, a homer in that game. So it's like if they can like drum up a little more offense, I think the Mets are kind of unstoppable. Um, with that being said, I now my biggest fear is that everyone's going to come back, Nimmo, JD, and and, and that crew, Conforto, McNeil, yeah. and then they're going to just Pilar. eat shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're, yeah. they're just going to be... Yeah, they're just going to regress back to the, their, their normal. Right? Yeah. That's funny. I hadn't considered that. So do you think it's... The the thing is, though, Brandon, I was watching the, the Mets-Diamondbacks game yesterday, and they're, all of the players are off the bench. They're all leaning up against the railing. They're all yelling. They look like they're having fun, and I think that's a very good indication that this is a... That this is going to continue for a while. Oh, one other thing I forgot to say I hated about the Mets uh, <laughs> is their their owner being on Twitter. Steve Cohen, he truly just tweets like fucking Donald Trump. He's like the, yeah. uh, the NLE's Donald Trump. He's misspelling stuff, really bad grammar, trying to look good to the Mets fans. I, I heard a story that like uh, he called a game was canceled yes. an hour before it was officially he announced did. it was canceled. Yeah. You heard about yes, that? Yes, I saw that, yeah. I don't know if that was like to save face with the fan base and like <laughs> – uh, I don't know, man, but uh, obviously we uh, we hate every billionaire, especially <laughs> anyone that own a baseball team because they don't really they think with the the the, the checkbook, not with a not with their heart. Brandon. I'll say, and we're a podcast about the heart. I'll say this though about Steve Cohen, and I'm sure you know he's uh, he's probably a billionaire monster behind closed doors. But what I will say is, at least he's like putting his money where his mouth is like he spent money yeah you know what i mean like he's yeah. not like the phillies or cubs owners who are like you know crying wolf like in the offseason they're like we're so poor after the 60 game season you know yeah so it's yeah. like i don't know i i appreciate him in that regard that he's like no we're actually trying to win but yes i know what you mean and it's very odd how he like misplaces periods it's like what like are you just yeah, old and you can't like I know see he's... the <laughs> See the I know keys. he's not drunk, but he's tweeting like a 19 year old on on a Friday night. Like it's yeah. very strange, <laughs> very very strange. He uh, is Brandon. making TikToks with where he looks at the camera and like <laughs> combs back his hair and he like bites his lip. So yeah, he keeps he keeps dancing to Jesse's girl on TikTok. <laughs> I don't know what's gotten into Steve Cohen. Um, all right, 
So this is another stat that I dug up when I when I was trying to find uh, some quantifiable reasons to dislike the Mets. No offensive player on the Mets has a WAR at 1.0 or higher, <laughs> and you only have two players that have higher than a 1.0. Period. Can you guess those two players? Players in general or offensive players? Just players in general. There's only two players on the Mets right now that have a WAR that's of 1.0 or higher. Can you guess who they are? Degrom. Okay, yes. And Tomas Nito. No. Okay. Tomas Nito, uh, where is he? Has a war of 0. 0.5. Okay. Um, 0. 0.4. No, 0. 0.5, yeah. And Stroman? No, but you're getting closer. You're getting warmer. Taiwan Walker. Yes, Taiwan Walker has a, has a war of 1.3. DeGrom has a war of 2.3. And then nobody else has any wins <laughs> above replacement. <laughs> one or higher and your million dollar man uh oh, francisco God, lindor is still batting under 200 and has a war of it seems like once a week he goes two for five now and then everyone's like he's he's warming up and then he's back dude it's it's he did hit a home run though recently but yeah i, I think everybody's just trying to jump on the the lindor's back baby it's but crazy because when he gets a hold a of one he has vehicles. a beautiful swing like when he's hit hits left-handed and hits a bomb but also you know what you know what i keep hearing on that it's interested me about him is hmm, what's that? I keep hearing it. Baseball announcers go, they're like, "Oh, he's naturally right-handed, but he taught himself left-handed and wanted to be left-handed because his dad was or something." That's and so like, weird. Don't do that. Just that so right-handed. Weird. If that's your natural yeah. one, like I'm like, maybe I know that's there, the problem. There's like a statistical advantage or like a, a handedness advantage when you're when you're batting lefty. So like, I know there's a lot of jokes about people having sons and then forcing them to be left-handed just to kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to give them an advantage from uh, an athletic right. perspective. But if it's not working for you, man, stop. You know what I did, Brandon, when I was in Little League? <laughs> I was hitting really poorly. That's the reason why I got chased out of Little League or chased out of uh, a recreational baseball at all and started to try to be a switch hitter. And you know what? Didn't go well for me. <laughs> Couldn't hit well righty, which is my natural handedness. Don't know why I thought I should be hitting lefty as well. Uh, mix it up a little bit. But yeah, shocker. Did not work out well for me. You could have been the next, next Francisco Lindor. Have $350 million in the bank and also bat 190 Brandon, even if I had $350 million in the bank, I'd still be doing this pod with you, buddy. Don't worry. Hey, thanks, man. Do you think that <laughs> you would be our own sponsor? Do you think like, this is sponsored by Sam Clark Insurance? <laughs> uh, this episode sponsored by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would go over well. Brandon, okay, just to put it in perspective, because I'm not done railing the Mets. Um, uh, do you know how many players? This was a shocker. So the Mets only have two players with 1.0 war or higher. The Nationals have two also. That makes sense. They're at the bottom of the division. The Braves have five, which I, I guess also makes sense. Um, let me check to see who it is. Um, nope. It is Austin Riley, Enoa, our boy Enoa, tied for the highest wins above replacement on the Braves. Ronald Acuna Jr., Ian Anderson, and Ozzy Albies. Um, and hold on. The Marlins have seven, Whoa. which is great. I know. And the Phillies have nine. The Phillies have nine players with a war higher than 1.0. Is that that's it's, or 1.0 or higher? That's shocking. I think it's Harper, yeah. Real Muto, Hoskins, DD, Alec Bohm, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. Uh, I don't know who the last two are. Oh, maybe maybe, maybe right. our boy Nick Maton. In no, <laughs> in no particular order, it is Gene Segura, oh, Segura. Adubo Herrera, oh what, Reese Hoskins, Vince Velasquez, huh? Hector Neris, what, JT Real Muto. And then Eflin Nola. Oh, dude, I was way off. 
I didn't get like half those it's guys. It's not the people you'd expect. And then the Marlins. Can you name the Marlins uh, highest war person? Highest, per- highest war person. <laughs> war person. You know what I'm trying to say, Brandon. <laughs> highest war person. Um, 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 it's, I've talked about him on the pod a lot. Yeah. It's not who you're thinking, though. Um, it's important to remember that injuries play so it's a count. Not, it's not jazz. So it's not jazz. Jazz oh, does it, have a, a relatively high. Is it? Um, oh, is it Trevor Rogers? It is Trevor Rogers. Nice, nice, nice. Two point two war. Jazz one point one war. Um, so the Mets could use him. Sorry, you're not getting him. All right, Brandon. But this leads me to my favorite question that when I was doing this research, who in the NL East has the highest war? Can you name which player in the NL East has the highest? We should war? call the segment war. Huh? And then we do the war. Yeah, oh, what is it good what for? What is it good for? <laughs> um, that's definitely like a Sports Illustrated uh, article. Uh, oh, absolutely! Title. Like 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah when war, it first came out. For? Um, yeah. Highest war in the entire NL East, right? In the NL, in the division. Because Brandon, I don't know if you know this. This is an NL East specific podcast. <laughs> um. Oh man. Uh, I'm gonna say. No, it's not Acuna because I think he was injured for a little bit. Um. Oh my God, this is so hard. Uh, Not Acuna. Yeah, remember injuries. That plays a big port, a big port, a big, big part port. in uh, war accumulation. So it's nobody that's been injured. So it takes your boy Degrom out of it. Wow. I think he would be clobbering otherwise. Yeah, probably. Do you, want, do you need a hint? Yeah. Do you want a yeah. hint? Okay, it's not a position player. Not a position. Okay, player. great. Is it? Is it Zach Wheeler? It's Zach Wheeler. He has a three point two WAR. <laughs> 3.2 wins above replacement. To put it in perspective, second place is Trevor Rogers or Jacob DeGrom at 2.3 and Trevor Rogers at 2.2. So kind of honestly, it's interesting because it does back up our theory that it's a it's a division of starting pitching. It's a division of, of high caliber starting pitching. So I Brandon, it kind of means I think we're smart. <laughs> I think we know math. Brandon, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but uh, buddy, we got big brains, okay? <laughs> big old brains, that sound, humongous. That sounds brains. like you're talking to, about testicles. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, which Brandon we do famously have <laughs> two huge balls and two <laughs> but two two testes. That's the name of this podcast now. Um, uh, I'm glad I, I laughed through my actual joke because uh, it could have been a little embarrassing, Brandon. All right, <laughs> all I'm going to say um, before we move on from the Mets is Francisco Lindor is getting. You know, people talking shit about him. However, I pulled this where it says Dom Smith has one extra base hit since May 2nd and no homers since Oof. April 13th. So it's Oof. like... And he hasn't been injured. No, he was, he's, he's, he's been played healthy. every game. So it's like something's going on with Dom, especially after last season where he like raked, you know, all 60 games of the season. So that's upsetting. And hopefully, I know he also went two for five, I think, last night. So hopefully he can turn turn it around. Yeah, I'm, uh, I like Dom Smith too. Um so it's kind of a bummer. I feel like I gave him the, the kiss of death. Whenever I say I like anybody or they're <laughs> doing well or they like punch a bench and break their hand yeah. or something happens. That was a big Noah shout out. But Brandon, moving on, we can't talk about the Mets all day. I know you'd love it if we did, but the Nationals are in full panic mode. They got swept by the Brewers. All right. I got some stats for you, Brandon. This is a stats heavy pod today. Um, they went three for 38 with runners in scoring position. And now they have six divisional games in a row. They lost to the Braves last night. So this is kind of make or break for the Nationals where we're at in the season right now. Yeah, I, th- I really think that they – I mean, we, we've we always been very low on them anyway. We have, and famously. I really think they're so top-heavy in both rotation – we'll hear from Drew later, but in, in my mm-hmm. eyes, it's like they're so top-heavy in rotation. 
um, as well as depth in their lineup that it's and and at the middle part of their lineup they have like the streaky boys like like Bell and and Schwarber. So it's like I just don't see them streaky boys. Streaky boys. <laughs> Is that chocolate rain? <laughs> yeah, streaky, streaky boys. <laughs> Some will hit and others won't. <laughs> and <laughs> pretty good. Streaky boys. You know, I saw that guy in a Trader Joe's. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I saw a TikTok. I saw a TikTok of him. He showed up and he was like, uh, just kind of openly talking about his autism and how he, uh, like, has a really uh, has a great. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this. How has the ability to uh, put himself in a controlled environment when he's at home and making these videos, but then people come up to him on the street being like, "Oh, you're chocolate rain guy," and it causes him a lot of panic. So oh. I'm hoping the story doesn't end with you being like. And then I went up and I shook him and said, "I know who you are." <laughs> I said, "Give me your money." <laughs> <laughs> you robbed the I chocolate robbed rain. The chocolate guy. rain guy. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, we have a new drop now. Streaky boys. Streaky. Uh, so and, like, and war. <laughs> and uh, what is it good for? Uh, all right, Brandon, but the Nationals are seven games behind in the division right now. If they lose this series to the Braves or get swept by the Braves, uh, can we officially write off the Nationals for the NL East? Uh, this is this is an early pitch that I remember. I had the pitch that was like, are they dead yet about a team mm-hmm. that's sinking? It's oh, like, that's right. I forgot about that. This might be, are they dead yet? Um, are they dead yet? I don't think they're dead yet just because like, you know, the Mets can easily, like, they're going to San Diego, I think, this weekend. It's like they can easily get the shit kicked mm-hmm. out of them, especially yes. with their lineup, you know, um, uh, like that. So, Brandon, what? What the hell? I'm looking at 538's playoff, uh, playoff oh, I, uh, I percentages. Oh, I too, yeah. The Nationals still have a 10% chance to make the playoffs, and the Marlins have a 5% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, what the hell, man? We're two games ahead of the Nationals. See, the, we, the, the one I'm looking at, this one is... Where is this one from? This is like you know they have like the 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 chart like the zigzag chart. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes that's yes, the yes, one yes. I'm looking at, and it has the Nationals at one percent, has the uh na- has has sorry has the Marlins at one percent, has the Nationals at three point eight percent, Phillies at okay. eight point seven, which is seems a little low on that. That seems a little low. Mets yeah, at eighty four percent. That makes sense. The Mets, the, Mets, the, blah, 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 the Mets are probably going to win the division. That pisses me off. I'm angry, all right? I, I, I came in hot from the top <laughs> about the Mets. I'm hot about people thinking that the Nationals are better than the Marlins. I'm an angry man right now, Brandon. I'm going to be honest. The Marlins have been really – people have really, like, discounted them the whole time. And it's like, once again, like, the Marlins could potentially have the best rotation or second best rotation after once the we're Mets, healthy, Once we're yeah. healthy, yeah. And Eliezer Hernandez steps into the fifth spot because Sixto's coming back. <laughs> once again. But it's Sixto. But yeah, I got a Sixto update. And this happened oh, yeah. right at the end of the last pod. Uh, there's no Marlins segment, so I'm just going to sprinkle Marlins in as we go. Uh, but he was throwing 20 uh, 20-pitch bullpen sessions last time I checked. And Eliezer has done, I think, two or three rehab starts in AAA. Got shelled the last time, but is also going up against the Rays AAA team, which has like Wander Franco and Vidal Brujan mm-hmm. and Josh Lowe. Miranda, when I went to a jumbo show, oh, yeah, this guy really impressed me. Oh, yeah, I guess we didn't talk about that. Um, it was a lot of fun, dude. Minor league baseball rules. I like haven't been to a AAA game maybe ever because I the only games I would go to are the Jupiter Hammerheads in South Florida. So I was like single A single yeah. baseball. Yeah. Um, and it was a beautiful stadium. Um, we had like right behind home, like eight rows from home plate for $14 a person. Um, Jesus Sanchez came out of the dugout and was like hanging out with people afterwards. We met this really, uh, this cute mom and son pair that were waiting to get Wander Franco's autograph while we were waiting for our Uber. Um, and the baseball was good. It's good. It really is high quality baseball. And especially with two teams that have 
top five farm systems. Like that was a uh, the Durham Bulls kicked the shit out of the Jupiter <laughs> Hammer or not the Jupiter Hammerheads, the uh, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. But it was still a lot of fun. We had a great time. Randis friends came along. Um, That's cool. And, did you get uh, yeah, Did you get an autograph? Time. I did not get an autograph. No, but Miranda, uh, she doesn't listen to the pod, so she won't hear the slander. But she did a great job of embarrassing me in front of her friends by being like, uh, we went out to like a brewery ahead of, ahead of the game and, and like missed oh, missed first pitch, missed like the first half inning. And she was like, oh, Sam, do you want to get going? I know you wanted to, uh, you wanted to try to get some autographs if you could. And I was like, stop telling people. I'm, a, I'm almost 30. They can't know that I'm trying to go meet a 22-year-old and have them sign a baseball for me. What are you doing? You're putting me on blast. You're like, yeah, you're like, yeah my um... – little um, nephews coming so like i wanted to like <laughs> you know help help him get uh starling uh, yeah, martes autograph so i was like i can get jesus sanchez i can get wander franco and then when we're waiting for our uber we run into this uh this sweet mom and son from louisiana that were there because their daughter had a, a, a appointment at the mayo clinic so i didn't really ask any oh, more whoa. about that but if they were i know coming to florida for a doctor's appointment not a great sign um but the mom and son were outside waiting by the bus hoping that they can get wander franco's autograph and it gave me big flashbacks to doing the same when i was a kid like we saw cal ripkin jr's last game uh in south florida mm-hmm. um and my dad and i like waited outside to see him and he like came out of the the tunnel and didn't really i didn't get an autograph obviously but he he was got a got a standing ovation <laughs> Is it standing? Is it standing ovation when people are already standing? Does that count? <laughs> they were already standing. They're waiting. <laughs> I think it, no. I think that's just a clap. I think you need that's just a, the process of of lifting sta- like your standing body. out of your seat. Yeah, yes. that makes sense. See, it, like getting an actual round of applause. That, so it's a round it, of applause. You got a, a round thing, of applause. Do you think that's a thing outside of like uh, the Western world, like of people like standing to applaud? Because I feel like it's like like the way Americans are, it's like, wow, they stood up in their chair. They're like, that I was must about mean to say, this is an inherently American thing. It's got to be mm-hmm. because, oh, uh, yeah, not a lot to get America's to, Americans to move without true intention. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Brandon, I think we just stumbled upon your new tight five. You're good. You're getting back. <laughs> hey, the scene, you know, baby. I'm excited. Jane Little, Mike Tyson. <laughs> so you think that uh, anybody outside of America is getting a standing <laughs> ovation? Um, yeah, but nationals are in full panic. Mode. Who's that guy? What's that guy's name? <laughs> That's uh, that's uh, Tim. Uh, I almost Tim said Allen. Tim Castro or Tim Meadows. Yeah, that's Tim Allen. <laughs> I was trying to think of like a classic open micer name. What's a cla- Blake? Blake's a good open micer name. Yeah, um, that that guy's name is like Blake Spumoni. And yeah, yeah. But he's like, he's like, yeah. I grew up in. He's a New York stand up. He's like, yeah. I grew mm-hmm. up in Staten Island. You know, more like the big old garbage dump. You know, <laughs> yeah. More like the small apple. If you see the people that I'm around, um, yeah. Blake, uh, Blake moved to L.A. when he was 19 and has been doing open mics ever since. Doesn't know why people don't ask him to go on their shows. <laughs> he wears a flat brimmed hat and then he negs the female <laughs> comedians. <laughs> Yeah, he's been asked to leave open mics multiple times after his set. What I'm saying is, there too many women on this. You know, we... hey, come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a that's a touchy. I'm not even going to begin to start riffing on that one, Brandon. I'm sure we we'll We're just doing a character. It's not how we feel whatsoever, and everyone knows that. Yeah. If anybody who's listening to this podcast, I feel like we've made our, our political and social views. That's right. Pretty, I mean, uh, listen, obvious. stop the steal. But aside from that, <laughs> <laughs> Brandon started chewing tobacco. We got some real <laughs> problems. This podcast is about to take a big left turn. Um, they also, I also have to give a shout out to Blake Finey, F I N N E Y, Brandon. How do you pronounce that? Feeney, right? Like Mr. Feeney. Blake Feeney. Yeah. Oh, true. Like Mr. Feeney. Um, 
for the statistics. I read a article that he published. I'll give him a shout out uh, in the description of the podcast as well as a tag when we post this on Twitter. Just so Mr. Feeney knows, uh, or Feeney, I guess, knows that we uh, we cite our sources, Brandon. We're, we're on a podcast that cites our mm-hmm. sources. We, we, we're stat heavy. We're site heavy. We're, we're stop the steal heavy. <laughs> We're stop this deal. <laughs> Brandon, where were you on January 6th, by the way? I forgot to ask. Um, helping my nephew get assigned baseball. <laughs> Dude, my favorite part about this, uh, this, uh, like trying the FBI trying to hunt down all the all the insurrectionists mm-hmm. is that there's men like openly bragging on Bumble being like oh yeah that's like how they're getting busted is they're bragging to women as like a pickup line that they like have invaded the capital <laughs> absolute dipshits dude not the brightest not there the was smartest. I forget who it was but there was some guy who was like a punk rocker in the eighties and they're like that's mm. that guy from that band in the eighties and they... oh dude Ariel Pink showed up that, oh the, in, the... did you see that interview with Tucker Carlson with him. Yeah, it's very weird. There's no way Tucker Carlson has even like read a Pitchfork article, let alone yeah. <laughs> listened to Ariel Pink before. Um, <laughs> very strange, and he claims he didn't he didn't invade, so or invade he didn't uh, he didn't trespass. So I don't know. It's so weird because that because Ariel Pink's sort of like a Silver Lake darling prior to that, and now yeah, dude, very big Silver Lake energy. It does make me wonder, like, what's the how far away are we? Like, how far is a Silver Lake resident away from uh, like like vaguely supporting Trump? Mm-hmm. Um. I really hope that Tucker Carlson was in his dressing room listening to like, put your number in my phone or something. <laughs> He's like, okay. It's like, this is the guy I'm in. Okay. All right. Someone get my bow tie. Um, Brandon, another funny thing that happened in our division this week is, uh, is Joe Girardi, ex Yankees manager, current Phillies manager said that he will no wait, longer wait, be up. giving what was the Blake, updates. What was the Blake Feeney? Stat. Oh, I just shouted out Blake Feeney. Oh, Thanks I for thought the stats, he had Blake. A stat. I thought he had a stat. He did have the stats. He gave me the three out of th- three of oh, thirty-eight with runners in scoring position and the seven division. I'm sorry, I'm very tired. <laughs> You're okay, Brandon. I know Brandon's about to start doing the what was the romantic song request lady? What was her name? Wait, what? And like, uh, or she'd be like, oh, and coming up, uh, we have uh, uh, oh, Phil yeah, Collins yeah, yeah, requested yeah. from yeah, Tracy from Oregon. Tracy, or, uh, uh, Bob, thinking about Tracy, you. a lover in Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know who that Lila. Is that something? Uh, yeah, right? something like that. I know what you mean. I don't remember. You know what I'm talking about, though. Um, one oh, but Brandon, I'm glad we I'm, we have to backtrack a little before we get into the Joe Girardi stuff. I forgot to mention um, we have to we have a ch- our, our weekly check in or what is turning into our weekly check in mm-hmm. from Drew, our good friend who lives in D.C. We need a little bit of Nats week in review. So Drew is now giving us headings for these. I love it. He says Nats week in review. Good pitch, bad hit. What a great start. <laughs> great right copy. Great copy. He says, first bullet point, offense has become a major, major problem. Soto continuing to struggle. We'll get into that later. Relatively speaking, we tend to get isolated singles with occasional extra base hits by Schorber or Bell. We got swept by the Brewers, like we mentioned earlier, and none of the starters were named Corbin Burns. Ooh, yeah, that's that's interesting. So they didn't even go up against Corbin Burns. That's a great excuse to have a, a stagnant offense for one game. But if you're if you're not going up against Burns, what's your excuse? Did they face Woodruff? Um, I'm not entirely sure, Brandon. He did not say, and so I do not know. <laughs> Brandon, what do you want me to do? Research for this podcast, please. Um, then he said, pitching continues to be solid, although Strasburg had an iffy start against Milwaukee. Bullpen continues to largely hold up, and Brad Hand has looked decent, but not as dominant as he was to start the season. Brad Hand also had a bit of a meltdown a few weeks ago. He had a few bad games in a row, so um, I guess he's turning it around. I don't know. What do you think? Real, real quick, uh, Brandon Woodruff did pitch against the Nationals on the 30th. Seven innings pitched, two hits allowed. Oh, okay. He also yeah, has a I mean, 1.27 very... ERA. 
my man's in Thielen. My boo, my my boo. I almost said my boo is Thielen. <laughs> Brandon Woodruff. Ooh, Brandon is not Woodruff, my boo. you're a boo. <laughs> <laughs> we love Woodruff. Uh, we do love Woodruff. Um, and then he says, Will Harris, one of our bullpen guys who is mm-hmm. really struggling to start this year, is probably out for the season with an Whoa. injury. So that's tough. You don't like to see. Yeah, because I know a big out. part of the Nationals. Um, their additions in the offseason, they basically just retooled their bullpen aside from getting Bell and Schwarber, if I remember. Yeah, with the exception of Bell and Schwarber, yeah. Um, and then he said, honestly, that's about it. It hasn't been fun. We're on a five-game losing streak, and we just aren't hitting. Drew, thank you for the the update. I reached out to our friend Pete, by the way, um, and he hit me up uh, a day later and said that he had to go to an emergency funeral, so I felt very bad for bothering him to give us a Braves update. Aren't all funerals an emergency funeral? <laughs> I guess that's true. I uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Very rarely are people anticipating death. So um, yeah, sorry, sorry, Pete. I, I felt bad for putting uh, you on the spot. Uh, we're, so, we are sorry, Pete. But I do have to say that Pete looks. I was going to mention this later in the pod because I wanted to bring this man up. But Pete <laughs> looks a lot like Drew Smith on the Mets. Does he really? Okay, hold look on. up Drew Smith. He, he's a relief pitcher on the Mets, and and uh, and also to be fair, like uh, our friend Pete is uh, is a handsome individual. This is not yeah, a, yeah. a shot at Pete. No, at no, 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 no. Um, he does kind of look like Drew. He looks like long-haired Drew Smith. I guess Pete grew his hair out. He does. I uh, I don't know. I'm looking at a couple of pictures. I'm on the fence, Brandon. No, no, no. Watch him. Watch him in action. I'm telling you. Okay. He, right. he also wears a Braves hat in the dugout, so we're like, <laughs> so oh, Pete. that's interesting. A lot more in common than we would have <laughs> expected. Um, what was I going to say? I'm also worried that I'm clipping this entire time, Brandon. So we'll see how the the episode turns out with my audio. But anyways, back to what we said originally. So Joe Girardi. Former Yankees manager, current Phillies manager, said that he will no longer give injury updates to the media any longer. Quote, not if they're on my roster, I'm not, Girardi said. It's not fair to us because it puts us at a disadvantage if the other manager knows if we can't use someone. So if he's on our roster, he's available. If you want to ask me about someone who's on the IL, go ahead. I have no problem with that. But we're not going to do that any longer. Brandon, what do you think about this? No one on my roster. He's like, I'll (laughs) give you... The Texas Rangers injury report, but I will not. If you want to know how Luka Doncic's neck is feeling going into the fifth playoff game, I'll let you know. But other than that, not a chance. Yeah, he. Uh, I wonder if this started after the, the Segura sp- uh, spat that we spoke about last week. So uh, according to Matt Breen of the Philadelphia Inquirer, it says the change comes days after Girardi, whose team has lost nine of its last 13 games, took some flack after insisting Bryce Harper was healthy as he missed two games before being placed on the IL on Tuesday with a bruised wrist. The manager was asked Thursday if an injury forced him to move Gene Segura after using him in as a pinch hitter. So it sounds like he told the media that Bryce Harper was fine, insisted that he was healthy and good to go. Um, and was just sitting out a couple games, and then he was placed on the IL. So that's when the questions started coming, and Joe Girardi got angry and said he's no longer going to give roster. Well, yeah, remember when they just had uh, Bryce on the bench, and they had to put him in a game in right field, but he could not like swing the bat? You remember that? His like, shoulder was Yeah, his shoulder issue, right? But they had to put him in the right field because they had other injuries during the game, and they had to use other players. Um, yeah, I, I mean... I don't blame Girardi because he's not wrong because a lot of times, you know, you will like sort of the managers won't reveal the full truth. But with that being said, I think it's it's always better to not be contentious with the journalists, you know. Yes. You can't be afraid of them as a manager, I don't think. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I I think that Girardi is a contentious guy. We spoke about that last week, too. Um, Mm -hmm. He can do what he wants. It's totally fine that he, he doesn't need to give full injury reports. To, to <laughs> that's the true. Also, honestly, I do think there's. And, yeah, it's probably as as with a lot of things. Sorry, I just uh, train rolled you a little bit, but it's yep. it's somewhere in the middle. Like you don't need to 
give minute by minute updates to the journalists. But also, I think that there is some sort of, I don't know. I think there. I guess the question that I'm about to ask is, is something I need to answer myself. But like, how much is it the manager's responsibility to keep the fan base engaged? Like, a big part about baseball and sports as a whole is is specifically in like the last twenty years um, is having as much updates about the team as possible, getting immediate feedback right. about an injury, like. And, and that encourages fans to continue to pay attention to the game. And does that fall on the manager's soldiers shoulders? Does it, is it up to them to, to decide whether or not um, the fans have as much information as possible to keep them as engaged as possible, which then would encourage ticket sales and Jersey sales and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't really have an answer, I, honestly. Uh, well, also they're going to find out because like the journalists, like most journalists for teams have people on the inside leaking information, right? Yeah, like normally it's yes. like one beat report. Somebody's yeah, one beat reporter will info. will get the knowledge, then immediately see every other beat reporter just like retweet the same bop, thing, bop, or, bop, just, bop, or just like yes. you know. So it's like he he doesn't need to reveal it. He's not obligated to. It's better to have a non contentious relationship with the, with uh, the team's beat reporters. But yeah. fans are going to find out. We're going to find out very quickly. So it's like I don't know how much of an advantage that really is. Yeah, yeah, um, and also if the guy's not out there, then he's probably not healthy. I think is is like if if he's saying he's not going to talk about it anymore, it's a pretty safe assumption that if the if the player is not playing consecutive games in a row like Bryce Harper was in this situation, um, then they're probably injured. I mean, the same thing happened with Adam Duvall on the Marlins. He had some oblique strain and he missed the first game. And we're like, okay, maybe they're just trying to to rest it, and then he missed a second game in a row, um, and it became apparent that this was not just like a a little tweak that he mm-hmm. needed one day's rest, but it could be a lingering injury. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Joe Girardi's a fascinating individual. Um, can't wait to have him on the pod one day. <laughs> uh, that would stress me out, man. I'd be so scared. <laughs> uh, do you think Joe Girardi's going to last the season, though, Brandon? The Phillies have lost nine of the last 13, like I mentioned at the at the beginning of the segment. I, um, I think he'll and, last the season, but I could see him getting canned in between that. Yes, and I know it's a – I mean, they have the same winning percentage as the Marlins. Uh, I guess if you go to the – the third percentile that no, it's 463 for the Phillies, 462 for the Marlins. But yeah, the Phillies haven't looked great. Um, they're a roster of talented, talented players that are not really playing well together. Um, and I think they, there's a lot of questions with them as a whole. I'd be interested to see if they, if they make any big managerial changes in the offseason. I, I agree with you. I don't think that they're going to can them in the middle of the season, but if they miss the playoffs and they've been, they're out of it and yeah. earlier than they anticipated, I could see them. Moving on. Well, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's like the Phillies owners, like, you know, cried wolf in the offseason about their financial woes. And it's like, you know, they they grabbed some pieces to complement the team, but they really didn't they do didn't. enough to, like, revamp that bullpen. I mean, Archie Bradley, yes. who's – is he still injured? He's on the I.L.? No, he just he came, came back. back. Um, yeah. like that, and Brandon Kinsler, they sniped from the Marlins, and he's been awful for them. Yeah, and Kinsler, like, the, that was not enough to, like, complement that team. Like, they were, like, yeah. an 81-win team – before maybe and it's like mm-hmm. did they improve from that i don't know i don't think that was enough i mean they still have bad defense so as well so um, well apparently they have uh nine players with a 1.0 war or, or, or higher but only one of those is a relief pitcher so it's hector naris with 1.3 war so yeah i don't know it's a weird situation in philadelphia i wouldn't be surprised um if they made some big changes um yeah brandon uh i think we've covered every team except for the marlins which is good thank you for being a martyr too much (laughs) (laughs) i made the rundown this week and i said i'll take one for the team also it's because i don't want to talk about the marlins we haven't looked good (laughs) we just got we got i guess swept by the red sox i don't know this is marlins run differential watch still positive All right, I'll take it. The Mets it. have a positive uh, one now, too, but the Marlins still uh, have a positive run differential. 
Yeah, it's been a bad week. I mean, we're rolling out uh, a, a bad squad. It's hard to use that as an excuse when the Mets are <laughs> performing well when with their AAA squad. But, like, yeah, I mean, we have Jose Devers. Isan Diaz has a negative uh, defensive war. He's yeah. just been it awful. It seems like that guy's not going to pan like, out, huh? Seems like that dude is not going to pan out. Yeah, big, uh, big bold on that one for you, Brandon. Um, Wait, he, didn't he come with Princeton? Over from he did. Brewers? He was part of the yellow trade. Uh, and yeah, Yamamoto, right? And Yamamoto. Yeah, him and Yamamoto. So, not looking good. Not a good trade. Yeah, that's a bad <laughs> not a good one. trade. Sometimes you get fleeced, Brandon. Uh, it's not our fault. We should do a, spe- uh, we should do a special on what are the worst trades in the NL East recently. There's no, some... no, 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 no. Let's not do that. <laughs> I don't want to be on the receiving end. The most interesting trade in the NL East is the Zach Allen for Josh Chisholm trade because it seems yeah. like both both teams got what they That's always nice, right? Yeah, it is. And very rarely does a prospect – I guess Zach Allen wasn't a prospect any longer. He had, had shown success in the major leagues. But those like young guy for young guy trades don't really happen very often. And when they do, they're really interesting. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Brandon, moving on, we are getting to our only other segment that has a, uh, a musical introduction. It's DeGrom of the Week. Brandon, I went a little unconventional with this DeGrom of the Week. I don't know if you saw the rundown. I did see, yeah. Explain, though. My DeGrom of the Week is a great performance from none other than Rain. Rain, Rain was everywhere in the NL East this week, Brandon. I'm not going to lie. Also, part of my process here was if I uh, my NL East uh, or my, my DeGrom of the Week has consistently cursed the player that got recognized. Cody Poteet got hit around mm-hmm. the moment that I brought him <laughs> up last week. Um, so I was like, well, if I say Rain had a good performance this week, meaning that it rained out multiple NL East games, and hopefully we'll get some beautiful weather for the uh, So you week. believe in the curse, the Sam Clark curse. I am... <laughs> Yeah, but the question is, and, and it is always is, is once once you acknowledge the curse and you go for the reverse curse or the reverse jinx, mm-hmm. does that work, or am I breaking the rules of the of said curse and said jinx? Um, I think once you acknowledge it, I think it grows stronger. So I'm going to have to say you send you Sage <laughs> no. and Palo Oh God! But but yeah, uh, Rain. We're not talking Tim Rains. We're not talking Rain Wilson. We're not talking Ma Rainey's <laughs> Black Bottom. Wow! Honestly, you had not, uh, locked off three in a row. That was pretty impressive. Thank you. The Ma Rainey ones made made myself laugh. Yeah, you got a little giggle. You pulled a Sam Clark. You're laughing at your own jokes, my friend. Um, I did. I did. But I did. yeah, rained out one and a half Marlins games. It really felt. I'm not going to lie. This is from a biased perspective as a Marlins fan, but it felt like. The umpires waited just long enough for the Red Sox to not only get a lead, but also to a point where they they wouldn't have to uh, pick the game back up, but could just call it a, a mm-hmm. finished game and canceled it after like six and a half innings, I think. And then we rained out the Sunday game of the Marlins series. I know the Braves Mets only played twice. Um, so they we lost a handful of a uh, handful of, of NL East games this week, Brandon. I was actually thinking. I, I, it's weird they bring this up because I was actually thinking after the Mets first Braves game got rained out. Mm-hmm. Mets and Braves first game got rained out. Um, I feel like the East, aside from Marlins normally, because they have the, the retractable, I feel like the East is probably the division that gets rained out the most because it's in the oh, Northeast, has a decent amount of rain. Yeah. Um, I, and there's no, there's no stats. I know we're stat pod today, but I don't have stats. <laughs> and this is just me thinking. This is but, a brain podcast, Brandon. We've just we've you think we're a big both, brain pod. Both the NL East and the AL East, aside from the Florida teams, probably get rained out a decent amount. Yes. Baltimore, Washington, Philadelphia, Boston, double New York. York. Yeah. Toronto, I guess, wouldn't. I forgot about Toronto. Well, now Toronto would because they're not in Toronto. That's Um, That's a good point. That's interesting, though. I guess my only other, my only, the only other famously rainy place in America would be the Northwest, but there's, that's the Mariners, and then what? 
That's about it. So yeah, and then I I guess the Giants probably get rained out a decent amount too. Yeah, but then all of the California teams, with the exception of the Giants, are oh I guess Oakland as well. The sub. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like the south, um, the Southern California teams, there's three yeah, teams down there that never that. deal with rain. So, um, yeah, I guess the only other difference though is that the NL East probably. I wonder which division. Now we're really big brain in it. Which division has the uh, the most retractable roofs in it? Like which division can prevent rain the most? Oh wow, that's a good question. Is it the? My guess is NL East, or the, not the NL East, but the East in general, because the the Rays have a domed stadium, the Marlins have a retractable roof. I think it's the AL West, isn't it? I don't know. I have you. I you would so, know this better than because, I would, honestly. Uh, because Houston has one. I think the new Texas Stadium it does. Yeah, the Rangers right? Stadium does. Yeah. Um, uh, Houston, Texas. Um, who am I forgetting here? Uh, the A's do not. A's don't. The Dodgers the, don't. Well, oh, the AL West. That was talking. Oh, okay. I was just thinking West in general, but yeah. Why am I blanking on all the, the other teams don't. in the AOS? The Mariners, Mariners do. They retractable. They do? Yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah. All right. I, I stand corrected. It's the AOS. Wow. I, I stumbled so. upon something that, that is genuinely intriguing branded. I feel proud of myself right now. Look at Good you. Job. You're in now, But now you're making me second by guess, guess myself about the Mariners stadium, even though I've been there. Uh, you've been there? Wow. You you have definitely yeah. been to more baseball stadiums than I have, though. I think that's like all but confirmed at this point. And you know what, Brandon? I'm been confirming to it right now. Um, Seattle Mariners retractable roof. Do they have it? Dun dun dun. Yeah, they do. So. All right. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, if any Mariners fans for T-Mobile whatever... Park, excuse me. Thank you. They, yeah, put some respect Ugh. on the T-Mobile. Brutal. Name. Oh, it's Tuesday. <laughs> As a T-Mobile guy, I get a free thing on Tuesdays. It's T-Mobile Tuesday, baby. Dude, I have, I have T-Mobile too. What is this free thing? Explain. I told you that's how we got our MLB TV for free. That's right. That's how I got it for free. And too, it's every, it's every Tuesday? Tuesday. They give you something new every Tuesday. Where do you go to get it? You get the app. I have a T-Mobile Tuesday app, and they'll normally tell you not only what it is that they gave you this week, but if you could cash in on anything from the last week as well. And look, it's Tuesday. My app is yelling at me. It's Tuesday. Um, what do we get this week? Dun, da, da, da. We get $5 off Baskin-Robbins. All right, Brandon. Well, that's very exciting. Oh, really? I don't know if there's a Baskin-Robbins in Gainesville, Florida, but if it is, your boy's going. I'm doing a birthday dinner on Wednesday, tomorrow, too, as well. I turned 29 on uh, June 10th, so... My parents. <gasps> Your birthday's so soon. That's amazing. Yeah. So, will I do a birthday pod? No. We, my birthday's on a Thursday. No birthday pod. Dun, dun. Bummer. Um, we can move it. Let's do it for your birthday. <laughs> Mid cake. We have tortured ourselves the last two weeks making sure we put an episode out on Wednesday and we're just going to move it for something as abstract <laughs> yeah. as my birthday. But yeah. um, all right, Brandon. Now we're moving on to 60 Second Stories. If you've never heard the podcast before and are a big dumb idiot that can't figure it out from the title, this is where Brandon and I both tell a single story. That has a 60-second timer on it. If you don't finish the story in 60 seconds, you will be cut off. But more realistically, we will allow you to finish the story. Brandon, it's been a hell of a week for you, my friend. I'm sure you have a good story for us. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can drum up a story. You ready to you go? Ready? Yeah, let's rumble. All right, one, and two, and <laughs> three, go. Ooh, we're doing uh, quarter notes? Yeah, we're doing quarter <laughs> notes, and you're on the clock. Okay, okay. Um, all I'm going to say is, yeah, so I filmed uh, my pilot my friend and I's pilot this past week. Congratulations. Um, everyone was fantastic on the set. Everyone was so amazing to have on set. Everybody was couple... great. No, not a single person was bad. Okay. We had a couple bad <laughs> seeds in there. And so we had catering from this local place called D'Angelo's, which was Italian, but she's like, I also do breakfast burritos. <laughs> but, and, um, and the food was like pretty good. Like it was like decent. It was like, listen, it was tough because we we're eating like lasagna and it was like a hundred degrees out because we were in the desert. But, um, <laughs> but aside from that, like it was really good. So, um, for some reason, the one, one whole department, which were our problem children 
all of them said that they were feeling sick, so they made us get them other food, and they made us get them pizza. What? Which I'm like, if you ha- if you have bad stomach yeah. from Italian food, it's like, mm, I guess I'm gonna have more sauce and cheese. <laughs> like it's like, what are you? Ins- it's like a Larry David. I'm gonna thing, double like, down on the garlic and uh, and uh, cheese. All right, Brandon. It's like that's your time, my friend. Great job. I held the timer up for, to the Zoom call this time for the first. Which time. Which is funny how we figured that out. Which, like <laughs> ten episodes, ten episodes, which in, we're yeah. just starting to figure out very basic logistical things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very funny to me. Pizza is the classic like uh, uh, independent production. Uh, catering move so it's i'm glad to hear that you went with lasagna i do agree though strange choice for 110 degree weather is to start eating lasagna but listen it's tasty i wouldn't have complained mm-hmm. it looks like y'all um, are having fun though which is uh which is half the battle brandon we're glad to see you hey hey we had fun um let's hope we have the footage That's hope- anyway what were you saying <laughs> <laughs> we're moving on to my 60 second story so um i guess am i ready yes i'm ready um all right and here What's that? Well, we determined what that's from. That's from the uh, Billy Eichner show. Billy, Billy on the street. Yeah. And here we go. All right. So as I said, I'm in Gainesville, Florida right now. No car. Stranded with the family. Honestly, way worse things to have happen. I'm having a good time hanging out with my parents. I painted the back porch for them. That was a fun little activity to do. I cut the hedges in their front yard. Pretty much doing all of the things that I don't want them to do when I'm gone. Um, and... The biggest point of contention so far, and it really is such a mild conflict, but the biggest point of contention so far has been, what do we watch at the end of the night? My dad and I are down to watch baseball, obviously, but mom, not her favorite thing to do, understandably. They want to watch shows that they've already watched before. Um, Like they're in the middle of Superstore, which is a fun show. I've watched a few episodes with them, but they're in the middle of season five right now. Um, But I I put out the new Bo Burnham special as a thing that... um, that I thought that they would maybe be able to enjoy. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I love Bo Burnham. Obviously our entire micro generation loves Bo Burnham. Anybody in like the three years. And I, and I showed it to them and I was very worried that they weren't going to like it. And you know what? They loved it. I was pleasantly surprised. My parents actually loved the new Bo Burnham special. All right. That's our time. That's Um, awesome. I have not seen it yet. It's good. It's very, it's very, uh, my dad hates this word, but it's very unique. Uh, it's very original. And honestly, though, if you've been and I, I'm assuming you have just because we're the same age, been following Bo's career for the last over a decade now. When I'm trying to think when I first saw those YouTube videos, I was probably in like 10th or 11th grade. Those like probably, those song yeah. YouTube videos. Um, it feels like this is the progression that he should go. Like once he stopped performing on stage and started like directing eighth grade. Did you ever read that script that was floating around Blacklist for a while? Uh, I know that he like was shopping and sell and sold a script, but the it never got made into production. And it was like within the same, I don't know, universe is the right word, but uh, thematically similar to eighth grade. It was about like a, I think it was called like fat girl gay guy or something, fat girl gay kid. Um, and it was just about like a pair of no, friends that were that. like uh, ostracized from their high school community. Um, but oh, yeah, wow. no, I that. it makes sense that this is what he did. It's in, it's phenomenal production, phenomenal performance, phenomenal writing. And he did it all himself while he was trapped in a house in quarantine. So definitely highly recommend. Today's podcast is sponsored by T-Mobile and... <laughs> Bo Burnham. <laughs> Honestly, the only my only complaint, and I really did genuinely love it. Um, like, a, a, we'll get a four and a half or five star in my letterbox. Follow me on Letterboxd. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna start doing at the end of the podcast. Plug my Letterboxd. Um, was that there was a lot of uh, uh, great criticism and uh, of like major corporations and like a lot of attacking of Jeff Bezos, which is obviously we're on side of that. But then I couldn't shake the the feeling that like he he was putting it out on netflix like a predatory right. incredibly large-scale entertainment company 
Uh, right. That is not the best. So yeah, I don't know. That that was the only thing that rubbed me wrong. But other than that, well, it was what, what do you think? What do you think the right way to do it is? Do you think it's not so, to bring him up? But do you think like Louis C.K. when he like was selling his? This is what I call it. It's the rage against the website. machine conundrum. It's like, do you want to have the platform to tell your political views at the cost of, of kind of uh, selling out? Like, Rage was able to put their music in front of a lot of people that wouldn't have listened to those political views or like those, yeah. those like very progressive political views without, um, without signing to a major label and playing humongous concerts and being on MTV and all that stuff. True, because so, I guess the thing is like once you, you can reach that level and then hopefully you, know, you don't sign a bad contract and you can peace out and then you can just do the radio head thing where you're just like, I'm just going to release this for free yes, now or whatever you pay. For, the yeah. in, in Rainbows syndrome. Yeah, I'm scoring I'm scoring Paul Thomas Anderson movies now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I so where I fall on it is that, yes, I think that if you are if you have a good political message then you should maybe sacrifice a little bit of your authenticity in order to to spread your message to a larger audience. So I in no way fault him. I just thought that was my only, only possible criticism of it. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe if he threw in something about Netflix in there, anyway, baseball, anyways, baseball back to our, uh, one of our other reoccurring segments, Brandon, it is feast or famine. We don't have the music that I pitched last week, which is the dun, 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 the feast or famine music. Remember I was going to, mm-hmm. yeah, not home yet. Still can't make it. So sorry. You get a, you get a weird yeah, yeah. little, uh, acapella version of it, but Brandon, let's get you started this week. I would love to hear what your feast of the week was. My feast is I'm going to be a little bit of a homer, but I'm going to say Drew Smith, who looks exactly like Pete McClellan. I'm going to say Drew Smith is my feast. Um, so check this out. So, uh, uh, so Drew Smith has a, um, the most swinging strikes per pitch, 50 pitch minimum, um, 23.9% Drew Smith and Josh Hader are tied. And wow. then Jacob deGrom has a 23.2%. Whoa. Um, good company strikes. And then Liam Hendricks, 22.7. That's good company to be in. Uh, yeah. So, so um, Drew Smith, if you know anything about him, the Mets uh, got him from a Lucas Duda trade from the Rays. A few Duda, years ago. Duda. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, everyone's favorite, uh, big, big oaf, uh, Lucas Duda, <laughs> but the, yeah, they got him. Uh, uh, Smith had Tommy John surgery and missed all of last season. And I think, part of the prior season he's come back and he looks and he looks great and hopefully he can stick around the Mets bullpen honestly I think he's a big plus and he could be a, a future back end of the rotation guy good for back our end boy of the bullpen, good for me. our boy we love Drew Smith I guess now because he looks like our uh, our good friend Pete McClellan so shouts out to Drew Smith uh, Brandon I was uh I I should have known this frankly but I was curious as to what the actual procedure of Tommy John was and I knew it was like a ligament repair uh, but I didn't know exactly what it is. And they graft ligament from other parts of your body and, and like connect it to your oh, elbow shit. tissue. And the most, one of them, like the top three places that they'll rip the ligament from is your big toe. So these pitchers are rocking with big toe muscles in their arm. And, uh, and that's why they're throwing so well. So I'm thinking about doing the same, frankly, I'm going to make my big MLB run. Hell yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's the support I'm looking for. And Brandon, just like if I was a $300 million man, I'm still going to stay on the pod. Don't you worry. My feast for the week, Brandon, is none other than Noho Hank, our boy, Garrett, Garrett Cooper. Cooper. Yes, we love him. He's hitting 526 with four walks over the last seven days. Hit a walk-off home run against the Mets. Now, there is a little bit of a downside. He does have the worst defensive war on the team and does look a little bit lost when he's playing other any other position than first base or designated hitter. Um but yeah, he's doing really well. He had a he he was worrying Marlins fans at the beginning of the season because he wasn't um, performing offensively like we were hoping. And we all love Garrett Cooper. And there was a little bit of Garrett Cooper slander on the timeline. Not gonna lie, Marlins. How Twitter. dare you? How dare How you? How dare Marlins you? Twitter. But uh, he's turned it around completely. He's the most. I know this isn't really a quantifiable thing or uh, is isn't really definable. But is the most clutch hitter on the Marlins. Whenever he's up. 
We assume that he'll do something well, especially in a position when we need him to walk off home run against the Mets. We love, we love no ho Hank. Yeah. I have always been a big, a big fan of his. Honestly, he, he seems like a good presence in the clubhouse a, but also like he, he seems like he's like come up big for the Marlins in like clutch situations. And I know clutch is an arbitrary thing and not yeah. a real stat, even though we're a stat pod today, <laughs> we're a stat but, pod. um, but yeah, he seems, you know, he seems like a great presence and, um, yeah, I hope he can stick around. I don't, know, I don't know if he will, but I hope he can stick around as uh, on the rise of the Marlins. I agree. Yes, the rise of the Marlins. Let's speak it into existence. Brandon, mm-hmm. now for the little downside of it. Give me your famine of the week. So we spoke about this a little bit, but I'm going to say the Juan Soto lack of power situation. Brandon, that's my famine. We're on the same page. <gasps> oh, my God. We did it. We, that's amazing. We, we did not did plan it. this. No, we didn't plan it. Um, yeah. Juan Soto, last seven days. Can you guess his batting average? 164. Ooh, okay. 200, but with no okay, extra base okay. hits, and he struck out seven times. No extra yeah, base so, hits. So I was actually reading that they uh, the shoulder strain that he had that sent him to the aisle, they still think that's bothering him. And oh, I'm like, guys, weird. just leave him on the aisle. Yeah, you're because losing. Because apparently Davey Martino's like, no, no, it doesn't hurt him when he, when, when he swings. But it's like, you know, maybe sometimes if he throws if he throws it, he feels a little pinched. It's like, that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Give the man an opportunity to rest, especially in a season where it seems like it might be falling through your fingers. Um, yeah. The no extra base hits thing is weird. And I was reading an article from our boy, Blake Feeney. Feeney, I think it was the same. I'm so sorry. I'm going to tag him in this in our <laughs> podcast description. And then he's going to be like, learn how to pronounce my fucking name. Um and they were saying that he's averaging like like his ground ball rate has skyrocketed. He's hitting like over 60 percent ground balls, um, a ground ball percentage, which is not a good indication of a power hitter. And is like launch angles going down, like all of the indications of like hard barrel. I don't know about his barrel percentage, um, but it has been a, it's all signs point to a, a Juan Soto um, degradation downfall. That seems both those seem strong because he's such a young guy. But yeah, I'm going to stick yeah. by my guns on this one. Yeah, he's ruined forever, Brandon. Okay, Juan Soto, adios. We we got to get Juan Soto off the team immediately. <laughs> he does have a negative point one WAR on the season though, and he's not doing anything defensively. We know so. Um, yeah, hitting two thirty wow. in the last month with only a three twenty slugging percentage. He just hasn't looked like the Juan Soto we know. If it really, yeah, it, sorry. I was just going to say, I know that we talked about this, but it, uh, like him, like not running out like ground balls or like pop flies. Yeah, that's right? right. We talked about that last week. Yeah. He had like the pop fly that could have been a single because the yeah. Orioles fudged it up and he still didn't run it out and was mm-hmm. getting, was beating himself up. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, if it is, if it is a lingering shoulder injury, that sucks. Cause again, as much as we love our, our specific teams, we don't wish injuries upon anybody. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, I hope it, I hope he comes around. we I, all jokes aside, we we want a healthy one. So don't we like to have MVP candidates in the division? And he w- seemed like he was going to be one this season, but obviously that has not come. Brandon, we have arrived at your segment where you get to announce. Tell the tell the fans, tell the listeners, what are the upcoming series that we have this week in the division? Oh, shit, hold on, I, I knocked it down. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're just gonna we're gonna vamp a little bit here, Brandon. Just let me know when you're good. We're just a couple of guys hanging out, recording so, a podcast. So how are your parents? My, my parents are doing great. My uh, I oh my god, my mom uh, had a magnet, a passive aggressive magnet on the refrigerator when I came home. I don't think she did it with intent, obviously, but it said I couldn't afford therapy, so I started a podcast. <laughs> I know. That's so fun. Did you bring it up to her? No, I'll take a picture of it though and I'll uh, and I'll post it on the Twitter just to give it give the people That's what they want. Hilarious. How funny is that? <laughs> um okay, so um 
<laughs> and it's like a picture of you with like your thumbs up. It's weird. It's a seagull. It's like it's a very strange magnet. It's not the not the representation of a podcast host or That's co-host. Hilarious. That you expect, but um, yeah, give, you should take a pic, take a picture of that and throw it up on the. I'm Twitter. gonna. I'll, I'll I'll let everybody take a look at the sl- the passive aggressive slander coming from Susan Clark. Um, all right, so the Phillies are playing. Uh, they're in Cincinnati playing the Reds, um, and then they're playing the Nationals and Braves. So some interdivision action going on. Aside from playing the Phillies, the Nationals are also playing the Braves, and they're going to be in Tampa against the Rays. Yeah, Marlins road trip the for the Blue. Nationals. They're gone. They're playing at Braves, at Philly, at Rays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marlins look like they also have a little road trip. They're going to be uh, in fake Toronto. They're going to be in Pittsburgh for a day for a makeup game. No, no, no. They're going to be in um, Pittsburgh for a series, and they're going to be in Boston for a day. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, I wrote yeah. That comma, misplaced yeah. comma. Um, yeah, and then it's gonna be Boston for the makeup, yes. and then they're also gonna play the Rockies back at uh, at Lone Depot Park. And then the Braves, <laughs> Braves are playing the Nationals, as we know, and they're also playing the Dodgers and Phillies. Mets are in a, in Arizona right now. I kind of want to go. It's only like three hours from here, but I think it's too much after my week. Um, and then they're gonna be in San Diego next weekend, and then they're going all across. The United States to play the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, that's a uh, what's your trip. most exciting series? I, as I wrote it down, it's the NLCS rematch, baby. Let's see these Braves Dodgers. Let's see how that goes. That's going to be. Uh, I am worried that the Dodgers are just going to kick the hell out of the Braves because of how poor they've been playing recently. But um, Dodgers seem to have picked up steam. That NL West uh, race is wild, dude. The Giants, Dodgers, and Padres all fighting for that. I know. That like, who expected the, the Giants to be like right in the thick of it? Right. Truly it wild? wild. Yeah. Truly, truly unexpected. It's like all these guys that came back from the dead because they like used to make fun of the Giants because like they kept all these like players from FSU legend. Twenty twelve. FSU team. legend Buster Posey is like really just playing well. I, I heard and Brandon like, Belt and Crawford, like all these guys, is like that we all thought were like dead. Very, you know? very strange. Like, very, very strange. So I'm looking crazy. forward to that the most. I'm also. Um, I know I was like, the Mets haven't played anybody hard, and that's why they're doing well. Meanwhile, the Marlins are about to play the Pittsburgh Pirates one game against the, <laughs> the Red Sox and then get a series at home against the Rockies. So I'm hoping we can turn it around and, and get some positive juju flowing through the Marlins' blood, baby. All right, what about you? What's your favorite series of the upcoming week? Um, I, I honestly think the Mets-Padres because I love the Padres team, and I, I'm concerned the Mets are going to get their ass kicked by the Padres because I think that's going to be the hardest team they've played this year. You know what probably. I'm doing for birthday week, Brandon? I haven't told you this yet, what? but uh, the Friday after my birthday, Miranda and I are going to a Padres Mets game, and then the Sunday after my birthday, we're going oh, to New York. Yeah, we're going to another Padres Mets game. So I'm seeing two of the three. Oh cause, my god! Yeah, because the Mets play the Padres on the road, and then play that series against the yeah. Orioles on the road, and then come home for a series against the Padres again. And when they come home for the series, I'm seeing two out of those three games. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That'll be so fun. Hopefully, you see Degrom one of those starts because Degrom versus the Padres offense. I know, dude. I right. did the math in my head, and I think if he does pitch, it might be that it'll be that Friday or that Saturday. So there's like a fifty percent chance I see Degrom against Tatis, which would be phenomenal. Very excited about that. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. That's exciting. I want to go because Mets are in San Diego next weekend. I kind of want to go down too, but also like after my ordeal here, it's like you can do it. <laughs> what know. is that? Two and a half hours. Something like that. Yeah. That's not so. Bad. Maybe I can do it for a day or something. Pull Jordy with you. Make it a little date thing. Say. Pitching yeah. is, I don't think Jordy listens to the podcast. I know Miranda doesn't really, so I'm assuming Jordy doesn't either that much. Uh, no, she refuses. Okay, good. All right. Honestly, I can't blame either of them, frankly. A good decision on both their parts. But um, make it a little date thing. Just be like, hey, uh, what if we did a cute date thing and then pitch, go see a baseball game? That's not a bad idea, right? Or you could fly out. <laughs> That's true. We never made our Angels game. We were supposed to go see an Angels game. But I, I still know. Live in I want to go to an Angels happen. game. 
Um, we will inevitably be in LA. I'm very confident sometime in the next 12 to 18 months. So when we do that, we'll make sure it's around the baseball season and we can go see a game together. Uh-huh. We'll do a live pod from a game, Brandon. Nobody will listen. It'll be great. Um, all right. <laughs> just Brandon. sitting in like the nosebleeds, we, <laughs> just like we have... bringing the equipment. <laughs> hey, is it cool if I put my interface and condenser mic right here? Um, <laughs> has John boy done that? Uh, they have done live streams at a game uh, the Yankees just hook it up for them now though, because they're like, uh, um, because they're so well known and popular now that the Yankees like encourage them to come to games. So it's cheating. But um, as far as I'm concerned, that's cheating. Uh, Brandon, we have to move on because we are running a little bit over time. Um, we didn't even get to talk about that. We saw J Lo. I tweeted this on the on the NL Feast podcast. J Lo and Mark Anthony were hanging out. Brandon, J Lo's making the rounds. It's pretty impressive. What? Yeah. Well, she has children with him. Okay, good point. I had just thought that she was like <laughs> uh, like doing high fidelity, going back and seeing all of her exes to try to figure out what went wrong. Um, but yeah, JLo and high fidelity. That's very funny. <laughs> we mentioned this at the top, Brandon, Billy, the Marxist put out a very earnest tweet the other day, and I'm going to read it as a podcast review. Um, because we only got one other podcast review and it's from my brother because I asked him nicely to give us one. So here we go. He said, I know the market for podcasts is oversaturated as shit these days. I'm currently listening to NL fees for the first time on my lunch break because they gave me a brief shout out and I'm vain like that. I'm enjoying this particular pod way more than I thought I would. Um, I won't, I won't say everything cause it was a very nice long review. You can see it on our, um, on our Twitter feed if you're curious, but he just said ba- we have entertaining banter, Brandon, which to the point Ooh. of being downright impressive. Okay. Ooh. Natural ebb and flow to their conversation. No dead air. Billy, I'll let you listen to an unedited episode. And we'll see what you think after that. Um, we said the baseball pod or baseball talk was solid. Off-topic conversations and tangents are entertaining. Got an Aziz and John Mulaney impression, which he wasn't expecting. They weren't expecting. Um, and he thinks he's the perfect. They think, oh my god, they think they're the perfect demographic for the audience they're trying to cultivate. Um, and we really appreciate the shout out, Billy. So honestly, Ernest, thank you um, for yeah, put- Ernest, thank for you for putting us on your uh, on your Twitter feed like that. We really appreciate it. Can we? Can you do Aziz? I'm sorry, thanking him. Whoa! Thanks, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. All right, now you got to do a John Mulaney thanking though. You know how this rolls. Okay. You know how these this Billy works. the Marxist. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yours is better than mine, um, and that's not fair. Uh, oh, whoa. Okay, wait. My brother's podcast review showed up, but we also have a new one from somebody I don't know. This is wild. Unless it's a friend of ours that uh, that that is going under a, a name that I've never heard of, Mister Wizfoot or Mrs. Wizfoot or uh, <laughs> non-gendered Wizfoot. It says the topic is or the the headline is nice pod, bro. All right, that's fun. Been looking for a baseball pod to listen to that's more conversational and comedic in tone. So many of them are dry and take themselves too seriously. This is exactly what I've been looking for. The hosts have great chemistry and have a very natural flow of conversation. Very easy to listen to, and I'm glad to have found it. Thank you, uh, Wizfoot. We appreciate the nice review. <laughs> Thank you, Wizfoot. Um, so yeah, again, if you leave a if you leave a review, we will read it on air. We're doing it right now. Uh, and then my brother, who I think slammed on the keyboard for his username, it is A D H H Y G J H. What not to love? Just a couple of nerds talking about a niche market in the world's eighth most popular sport. Gotta love their dedication. Uh, yeah, that's true. Did you know baseball was the eighth most popular worldwide sport? That's what eight seems eight. low, but I guess that makes sense. Like soccer, cricket, um, cricket higher. Yeah. I don't know. Brandon, we need to do an NL East cricket podcast. Come on, <laughs> um, Brandon. That's it. We've done it. I, uh, we went, a, we went a little longer than we normally do, but we're both, uh, I know you're coming off a long, long two weeks. I was of work. functioning at a 10th of the speed. <laughs> so on, that's why I'm on vacation. So I just kind of have all the time in the world to kill before I go to this DMV appointment. But, um, all right, Brandon, why don't you plug your, uh, plug your, your Twitter account before we get out of here. 
Hey, follow Brando Grosso and uh, follow Billy the Marxist too. Shout out to yeah, him again. We'll, uh, please, 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 we love you. <laughs> Billy, we're asking for another five tweet review of our podcast. Um, yeah, make sure to follow me at Slim with two M's Pro TV, S L I M M P R O T V. And make sure to follow the podcast at NL Feast. If you want to get caught up on any of our uh, random ramblings, you can pretty easily guess as to which one of us is tweeting, but we do both have access to it. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Also, oh, Brandon, we have um, at NL Feast or not at just the NL Feast pod at gmail.com. Send us an email. If you have any questions you want us to answer on the yeah. pod where we have had zero emails, the email has been active for a month now and have nobody, nobody tried to virtually contact us, but nlfeastpod at gmail.com send in an email we'll read it on air we'll, uh, we'll answer any questions you may have yeah we're looking at you Wizfoot. <laughs> our only and anybody from centennial colorado that weirdly listens to our podcast centennial what's going we on don't are we in a bar now, what's happening now we have like a, a, a ohio fan base developing brandon there's a handful of people in ohio that have been listening and there's no Good, I like hearing there's that. no nl east team in ohio so i don't really know that's where that's coming from mm-hmm. um, also feel free to leave any reviews on apple Podcasts. if you leave us a five-star review we will read it on the on the air brandon anything before we get out of here that you want to say to our lovely listeners mm-hmm. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.